There may come a time where we are no longer Christian, but there will never again be a time where we were never Christian. And this is Hyperborean Radio. I am Ike, and... Um, oh, yes, I'm Jeff. What was your name again? Yes, uh, Jeff. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and um, this is going to be kind of spicy, but not spicy. Like, nobody's going to really be happy with the things that we're going to say. Um, so, yeah, buckle in. Yes. Well... Well, and before we get going, we have to do the obligatory. First, I want to say uh, thanks to one of our longtime members on Patreon, uh, F. Bjorn, Grandfather Bear. Um, why? Just because it's a cool name. And he he actually did send us a, uh, a book for our research. Uh, Grimm's Fairy Tales. Grimm's an old Fairy Tale. Copy. I think the print date on it was 1920-something. It was early 1900s, I believe, or late 1800s. I don't quite remember. But yeah, that that was that was cool. Something that we wasn't expecting. And if you want to help support us, you can join us on Patreon or just share this podcast around because it really does matter. We're we've almost met the goal to uh, be able to um, do ad breaks again. Yeah, do I, ad you know, breaks. Everyone's again. favorite thing: the ad breaks. I do the best I can to make them interesting or entertaining. And change them regularly. Yeah, but uh, thank you to all of our patrons. Thanks to people who back us on buy me a coffee by buying us a book thank you to everybody that rates and follows on spotify and roxanne just for having that name yes yes you really do like that song i do and it's 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 a catchy song i think this is this is why i like it it's because it's a it's actually a heartbreaking song if you listen to it very gaelic but it is sung in such a happy way it makes it even more heartbreaking if you actually listen to it. Well, that's like what are the saddest movies but the ones that are happy right up until they're sad. Right. But, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, getting off, off topic, yes. we're talking about Christianity and well, the things also, that we do. You can follow us on, on the X app. I post stuff there. Some of it's a little bit more spicy. I Telegram, try to keep it YouTube, nah. Instagram, all the things. Our, uh, the What is our Telegram channel? I always post stuff to it, but I never pay attention to the, chan- uh, the channel name. Hyperborean News? Hyperborean Radio, Uncensored Neanderthal News. That's the yeah, one follow I all I the stuff. You can yeah. you can find it all in the, the link tree. Yes. As we've explained many times, I'm the name guy. Yes. But this podcast, this episode, is going to be about what people think Christianity yeah, is. Yeah, not what it actually is. Because cause this is something a lot of pagans don't want to admit. And it's that Christianity, as people think of it, not not what it actually is. Not its doctrines, not its dogmas. That's actually one of the issues with us pagans is we looked at the book. We looked at in history. In many cases, not always. There not are, always. But in general, we looked at the book. We read the actual stories there. And if nothing else, we looked at the history of Christianity and its actual effects, where it actually poked its head up. Not the things that we did despite it, but what happened directly because of it. And so we argue from that perspective. This is not what we're fighting. It's a fallacy because what we're arguing against is not what people consider. What people think Christianity is, the folk Christianity, the the concept of it, is a beautiful, noble thing. Yeah, I and, mean, um, I mean, think about it. Well, uh, a, a guy, a great leader, sacrifices himself, allows himself to be executed for the freedom of his people. This is a beautiful story, a, a beautiful notion. It is heart wrenching and. It's a very emotional thing. We, th- they're not actually venerating Christ. What, uh, what's that? That uh, Versingatorix. Thank you. That guy's name. He. This is a real thing that happened. It's historically documented, written down. A tribal leader who was at war with, I believe it was Rome. I'm not sure what who he was at war with, but basically they got conquered. <clears throat> They were still fighting, but to bring peace so that his people wouldn't be wiped out, he's, he allowed himself to be executed on the understanding that his people would be allowed to go free. This, of course, didn't happen. They chased his people down, killing them anyways. But the idea of that level of sacrifice is it's so noble, it's so heartbreaking. We know now better than to do this with foreigners. You cannot do that. 
They will not allow that. No, they man. will. They will lie. They will say, "Well, yes, we're, we'll let your people go," leaving out the part that they have to completely submit. Yes. Well, uh, God is good. God is great. We surrender our will as of this date. Yes. But what I actually want to talk about is much the same thing. It's the whole of it. Yeah. Because the whole of the story, the whole of what people consider the story of Christianity, is. It touches on a lot of things that are actually fairly pagan, or at the very least, the concept well, has a very us feel. And to be fair, I did jump forward in the conversation quite a bit, um, showing basically where we're going with this. First, we have to discuss what people think it is. Yes, because this is the reality. When you, when you argue with a Christian, or when you talk to a Christian, or when you deal with them, or when you criticize Christianity, what you are criticizing and what they think you're criticizing are two such vastly different you things. You might as well be speaking different languages. Well, it's like... Um, who, who amongst our listeners hasn't looked at a, a good person who is also Christian and be like, why is this person Christian? Well, and this is actually... A phenomenon and this is part of why I want to talk about this is it is one of the most frustrating phenomenons that I have experienced which is I have met so many Christians or observed so many Christians that are more pagan than most pagans and I have met and observed many pagans that are more Christian than most Christians yes and I have been racking my brain for years trying to dissect this phenomenon well, and there's there's something um, when we was discussing this topic, I've been saying it for a while and it just finally clicked for you what it was I was saying. I might as well, again, have been speaking in a different language, but I was like, when people say I'm Christian, it just they're what they're actually saying is, of course, I'm Christian. I'm a good person. All you have to do is take the word Christian or God and change it to good. That's well, what they're that's what they mean. Well. What Christianity is, more or less, and I actually want to kind of overview the cliff note version of the whole story they have, or at least the version that's most commonly seen in the Western world. Yeah, the one that most people are most likely to tell you. Well, because if you look at the Baltic, if you look at Slavic, mm -hmm. if you look at the Mediterranean, if you look at all these other areas, it's a completely different religion. So I'm yeah. going to go with what the people that we interact with, which are the Western European and the American cultures... Yeah. That's what they think. But what Christianity is, is the veneration of all that is good. God is goodness incarnate. He is the the best, the most noble and good things. The goodest of the goodest. Yes, the goodest ist. And therefore, everything involved with him is good. And doing anything in service to him is good. This is why... Folk Christians do not view containing or remaining and keeping the pagan elements as sacrilege, heresy, or blasphemy. Right, because they like it. It's good. It's, it's good, good for and the family, therefore it is of God. Yes. It's and because good, so I like good, I am a Christian. Yes. That, that's their, their logical reasoning. Whereas actual true Christians understand it's heresy. It's extreme heresy. But that, in, in reality is an irrelevancy. It's not an argument because none of them actually care. Mm -hmm. I mean, and let's go into the Cliff Notes version as best we can. And then here's the thing is what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that book that we usually try to basically point out what it actually is. Yeah, we I'm going to throw it out. With it. Nobody uses it. Nobody reads it. Nobody cares about it. Folk Christians don't give two shits about the Bible. Yeah, they'll, they'll quote... They'll quote passages out of it, but it's like most quotes. It's taken out of context or not even there. Well, and actually... A lot of this, I'm going to use a Christian word that is very apt, which is Christendom. Christendom has two meanings that are interrelated but are not quite the same. One is the Christian world. So where the church is, where Christians are. and The perception. That, yes. Well, uh, the perception is the other one. The perception is it is a land populated by Christians with Christian traditions and all this beautiful, lush history that's, of course, been corrupted. But that it is blessed by God. So there is the 
the reality of it, the logistical political structure. Let me, let me put a translation in there. Blessed by God. Blessed by goodness. Yes. Th- this is by their definition. Perception. Christendom is the good, the right. goodness, the gooderest. They're, they're wrong, but that doesn't matter. That's not their perception. Well, this is not what we're arguing against. Well, the reality is perception is nine tenths of reality. Yes. This is the unfortunate truth. It's why feelings don't care about your facts. Well, and that's why we have to shift the perception by letting them know what it actually is. Like one of the arguments when when we had that conversation with I forgot the, the guy's names at that uh, diner. And I mentioned the church is crooked as a snake's back. They're both Christians. The one guy more so than than the other. And he's like, yeah, church is for sinners started winning him over by basically letting him know he was too good for that. I never once insinuated that he's a bad person for following the church or even doing these corrupt things that the church had because he himself was, he had the best of intentions. Like uh, he went and helped build camps, church camps out in the woods for kids to go camping and do all the exciting things. I never once insinuated that he was a bad person. Yes, and this is where another flaw, and this is a flaw I had through most of my life dealing with Christians. I misunderstood what the most important thing is to them about God and Jesus. I I was under the impression that it was their power, the presence, the basically that he was omniscient, omnipowerful, and omnipresent that this was the most important parts of Christianity to the Christian God. Right, and, and for that. Hyperboreans, that's not the case. No, it's the omnibenevolence. Yes. This is the part and parcel. The most important thing about Christianity to the average Christian is that God is all good. They are more than willing to part with the idea he is all-powerful, he is all-knowing, or he is all-present, so long as they can preser- preserve that he is all-good. They will toss all that away because that is the key to the entire religion. If God is all good, my decisions are all good. I rise or fall by God's grace because anything good that happens to me comes from God, just as everything bad that happens to me comes from Satan, the devil. And this, once you realize this and you look at the, the history of Christendom, the history of the religion, the idea of it, everything starts to you start to realize why, how, how all this happened, why it happens, and why people believe it. When they can be unbelievably pagan, like your C.S. Lewis's and your J.R.R. Tolkien's. So let's start with the, the, the Cliff Notes version of the story, because you have, in the beginning was the word. So first of all, we're starting off with the very idea. Actually, I'm going to skip that, and we'll, we'll go over it later. In the beginning was the word. I'm trying to be quiet because I'm letting you basically run the translations for other people. Um, and, and then I'll, I guess I'll interject for the most part. Because this to me is absolutely fascinating as you work your way through it. Through this stuff, translating it to something I've been trying to get across for a very long time. Yes. So in the beginning was the word. And the word was good. And then, over the course of seven days, God in his infinite artistry and goodness crafted the universe, the world, all the beautiful things. He hung the stars in the sky, the sun, the moon, the earth, and then he created life with the help of his cosmic children, the angels. Depends on which version of the Christian story you're following. are inferior to man only in that they have no free will. Uh, that's an important bit. But, and then, God created his most beloved creation. He created man, and he made us in his own image. And he placed us in paradise. And then, one of the angels, the most beautiful, most powerful, closest to God, he grew jealous that he was said to told to bow to God, to bow to God's children, the mankind. 
Almost so none he, of this is in the Bible, by the way. Yes, yeah, so you can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. Anyway, and then because of this, he rebelled and he got many of the angels to his side. And he rebelled against God. And then he was cast out of heaven by his disappointed father and the might of St. Michael, the archangel. And then in there from hell, from this gaping void, this horrific land, he and his now demons corrupted Adam and Eve with his wicked lies. And in doing so, he was cast out. Not him, but Adam and Eve were cast out of Eden. And then they had their two children, Cain and Abel, their two sons. And from them, the first mortal sin, the first murder happened, influenced by the evil energy of Satan. Cain slew Abel, and the mark of Cain was placed on him. And Cain went out from his family, banished, and started a family. And f therefore, by all that descent, we all come from Abel, not from, Abel, from Cain. Cain. Yeah, I can't even keep this stuff straight sometimes. Yeah, I'm over here. I'm rubbing my forehead because yeah, slowly going almost none of that is in their book. But anyway, continuing on with the story, uh, things get kind of ridiculous from there. Uh, depending on who you ask, sometimes angels or giants or whatever came down. Had the Nephilim. Babies. The Nephilim had babies. Uh, no, the Nephilim uh, were the, the babies. The angels had supposedly the had sex with uh, with the human women because they were so appealing that the angels couldn't resist themselves. And then, therefore, the Nephilim was born, which is itself a sin in its mere existence. And then uh, all of man was doing crazy things, so God picked Noah. The greatest among them, his favorite homosexual. Yes. Uh, I can't help myself. I'm trying my best here. Dude, uh, once people become aware of that part of the story and they they don't just blindly follow, they're like, what the fuck? Okay, technically, I, I think he would be a bisexual. It, yeah. A anyway. Either way, he likes poking them. He likes them. He, like, he goes both ways. Anyway, so Noah builds the ark and gets all the animals in it and the flood washes away all the evils and then God tells Noah... Everyone, all of Earth, all the animals, all the resources, they are at the disposal and are the belongings of man. Well, and he, that's actually the second time he said that because he told Adam that as well. Yes. And then from there, uh, God more or less picked his favorite from the remaining peoples, you know, of the, of the peoples that arose from this one family a few mm -hmm. thousand years ago. And... From there, the fig juice. Yes. A anyway, long story short there, there, he picked his favorite people, and they were going to carry his message forward, and that was the Jews. And, and all of this is good, by the way. Yes, and God's divine plan got the Jews to the right place in the right time for Jesus to be born, who was born of a virgin birth of Mary. And then Jesus kind of didn't really do much for about 35 years. Or 30 years, I, I forget. Whatever. The it varies, Either way. Depending on who you're talking to. And then, from there, Jesus would do miracles to prove his divinity. And eventually, he would die for our sins. And his blood would wash into the waters and wash into the earth and become one with everything. While at the same time, washing away all the sins that man had accumulated since that original sin. And thus, we are pure in the blood of Christ. And as ridiculous as I find that, it's actually a very pretty notion. It is. And then from there, the, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, of God, of Jesus, arose in the people at the right times. And as a result, slowly but surely, the greatest enemy of, Chris, of Christianity became its greatest ally. And Rome through successive leaders that had visions and spoke with the wise Christians came to know the true word of God. Only after the persecution of the Christians, of course. Because you got to have that. Oh, yes. And then, from there, Rome began to do God's will and push out and 
conquer all these people that had been misled by the devil into worshiping trees and penises and rivers and rocks and deer and goats and came to bring them the true word so they would stop eating babies and killing each other over pencils or whatever. And then, as Christianity spread and brought the true word of God... Peace, love, and harmony, by the way. Because yes. this is what people think it is. They think Christianity it is peace, it love. the light. Yes. The that light brings of goodness. bounty. And then, from there, the saints arose time and time again, embodying the holiest and most sacred of virtues. And they would defeat the pagans. They would... Do miracles in the name of God and Jesus. And over time, Mary would appear, saints would appear, Jesus would appear, God, the devil, all in this wondrous tapestry of fighting over the souls of mankind and all of existence. Where even the most vile of acts could be done, but it's still good because you're bringing people to, to God. And any therefore, any bad thing that you do is God's will because... You're a good person. Yes, and I'm trying my best here to actually try to explain I, I this. hope people can just hear my eyeballs rolling as you go through these perceptions of what Christianity is to the Christians. And you, you, see, you see it all the time online if you go into like, if you go on like X app, for instance, uh, social media, that's what these things are called. And they will say like very precise lines. And then a whole bunch of bullshit about what they think Christianity is. And I'm skipping over whole things. I didn't oh, yeah. even touch on Moses. Dude, it'd be a two-hour podcast just to cover the basics of what people think Christianity is. But it can be broke down to they think Christianity, take the word Christian or God, and just translate, or Jesus, and just translate it to good. Well, goodness. Or goodness, yes. It's not just good. It is the the core the essence of goodness in this. This is what they everything think it is. good. Steamboat Willie, Snow White. It's why they insist pie. on good and evil existing, because then anything good is of God and anything unpleasant is of the devil. Yes. And well, it's the reality of it is the devil represents consequences. Anything divine or considered divine is by definition to from a Christian's perspective of God and of Jesus. Mm hmm. Therefore, anything pagan is demonic because the only thing that can mimic divinity without being part of Christianity is dem demonic. Right. Devilry. And basically, what eventually comes of this is as Christianity spread, there was pushback from Satan who tricked women and men and children into becoming his witches who did his wicked deeds on earth. So, of course... The Christianity, which had settled goodness across the land, had to go in and solve this problem, to fight back, because it is the prerogative of all followers of Christ to put things right for things in the world have gone seriously wrong. Well, and I'm going to paraphrase a whole bunch of priests I've heard. Like a loving father, sometimes punishment is a must. A stern hand. A loving father has a firm hand with his children. And we are his children and blah, blah, blah. Yes. And this is how they, they justify any cruelties that they do. Yes. But because then it's still good, you see, because it is of God. Yes. And as Christianity spread across the land, teaching people to bathe and cook. And stop eating mud. And stop eating mud and taught them the beauty of baptism and the joys of white clothing. Um, bleach, Mr. Clean. Yes. He's Jesus. Anyway, I hope people can understand how hard this is for me. <laughs> but, um, and then from there, there, all of these great noble priests and bishops and the kings and knights that were ordained by God to rule over the people with a just and even hand, all grace and beauty of heaven upon them, the light because of this land. Because good things only happen to good people. Yes, and bad which things is, only happen to which bad Which is why people. even a bad king still deserves to be where he is because he's blessed by God, therefore he is still good even if the things that he's doing, the leaders of nations... Even if they are the worst of people, 
they're still good because God put them there. That's the perception. Yes. We'll get back to that. And then from oh, there. Oh, I've got a lot. Yes, I know. And from there, the, the witches, the occultists, the worshipers of demons, they were put down by the might of the crusaders, who, of course, were all godly men who had only in their hearts to spread Christ's message and the goodness of the world against the oncoming hordes of darkness and evil and chaos. Lord of the Rings? Sure. Um, and then from there, these village priests, they protected their flock. These bishops, they protected their flock. These churches, these cathedrals, these grand, ornate structures that represented the beauty of God and the kingdom of God. Well, they fought and they fought and they fought. The White Tower versus the Tower of Sauron. It, more or less. And then from there, there, Christianity began to split over minor differences. But in truth, all of it was still connected. For it was all still in Christ's light. Theologians may debate, but in the end, so long as you have goodness in your heart, unless you talk to the right person, then everyone else is a heretic. Um, and from there... As the Muslims were pushed out, the heathens were pushed down, the witches were conquered, the demons and demon worshippers were cast out. Christianity spread across the land. It crossed the sea and came to the red man and spoke of the truth of Jesus to And him. all was good. Amen. And because of God's will, the manifest destiny, we all crossed across the land and brought God to everyone. And it was good. And again, this is the perception yes. that, that most Christians have. It's not what it actually is. Most of us know this. Yes. Most, yeah, most and of us know this. We, we don't have to pound on that part. But this is the perception um, perception that most Christians have. Yes, and I, I want to finish off with one thing, which is to sum up kind of where we're at now, which is Christianity from people's minds the beauty of Christianity, the goodness of it, is what made America and the West great. And the lack of it, the decline of it, is the work of Satan. And it, it is the mark of the coming of the end days and the Antichrist. And that this great war, the people will be called up to heaven. The good and the righteous will return to God, becoming angels and divine in his yeah, what's that show returning and drowning into the goodness of him. Whereas the others will have to fight and war, and it most likely die horribly to be cast down into the pit of fire, the lake of fire, and then Jesus will put everything right in the world, and it will be good again. I skipped around a lot. I missed some stuff. But generally speaking, this, this with a lot more pretty art and beautiful architecture and things like that, is the mind people have. Now, I describe it all the way... and. I couldn't help myself. I, I tried my best to be as respectful as I could. Hmm. Which is I very, didn't even try. Yes, I know. But this is what people believe. It's why if you talk to a Christian, more than likely their view of their religion is more taken from Tolkien, Lewis, or some church writer than it is any the religion itself. Yeah. And this is what you are facing when you're talking to someone who is Christian. You're not talking to them about a religion. You're not talking about them a doctrine or dogma. What you're talking about them is whether or not they're good people. And whether or not goodness is a positive thing. Mm -hmm. You are not having a debate over belief. You're having a debate over morality. And this is the greatest flaw pagans have when arguing with Christians. And in reality... When we debate yeah, with Christians... Because we have a tendency to debate the religion, the philosophy, the history. This is not at all what they're talking about. They're talking about good and evil. They're talking basically about emotions and, and worldview perception. Well, and we've covered it many times, which is why we don't necessarily need to bang on the drum, but like some of the things I brought up. Like... Jesus never said he was the son of God or the overall idea of the devil as an invention of the church. We had a whole podcast called devilish about that. Mm -hmm. uh, we also talked about how the village priests were not these beloved wise men that like fed roe deer from their hands and kept like owls as their pets or something. Well, and it's, it's this thing here too. Um, 
because you encounter this a lot with Christians or pseudo-Christians, really. Never really with the ones that actually know the religion. But the pseudo-Christians, the folk Christians. Good and evil does not exist. Oh, so you're saying raping babies, that's not evil, so it's good? They only offer you that same, uh, what's that called, binary way of thinking. It's because they've been taught that way. Two of the greatest flaws that have been inflicted on our people by these incoming religions, Christianity mostly, is, one, the concept of good and evil. This extreme case. It's why as soon as you remove evil, therefore everything must be good. Yeah. This is why the devil is actually the far more important figure in Christianity, because without the devil, there's no fall guy. Yeah. They need that concept of good and evil. And the fact that it's in pagans is incredibly flawed. Well, I've I've broken their freaking minds before by saying, no, it's not good. It's monstrous. Oh, so then it's evil. No, it's monstrous. Well, because this means something different. It does not mean good or evil. It is monstrous this extreme example that you offered and what you're doing is being disingenuous it's a sophist argument it is the reality is evil as an adjective is valid enough Mm -hmm. it's i mean i use it the way people use it is to describe the most horrendous acts of man Mm -hmm. however what Christians mean when what they hear when they use the word evil is the machinations of Satan because just as all goodness comes from God all evil comes from the devil Mm -hmm. and this is also where the other thing comes in which is much as this dichotomy this goodness creates a specific way of thinking and it creates a specific kind of excuses so, too, does the Bible's idea of easy answers. Well, whom, where did we come from? God. Who are our ancestors? Adam and Eve. What is good and what is bad? The Bible tells us. You're removing critical thinking. Because, like, you, for instance, when you had a question like, I don't know, why is the moon round? Mm-hmm. Instead of lying to you or just saying that's how it is, your ancestors, your elders told you, don't know. Let's talk about it. What do you think it is? Yeah, that's a you, good question. The encouragement of critical thinking skills. Instead of being told, here are all the answers, it's, what do you think the answer is? And then discussing it with you. Encouraging critical thinking well, and thought. On the, the side of the moon thing, this is something else that they said. The moon, if you want to know what it is, what it's made of, it's a rock. How do I know? Look, you can see it's a giant rock. We don't need somebody to go to space to tell us that's a giant rock. Because you can observe it. You can see it with the naked eye. Same way with the sun, because there, people's getting weird with the description of the sun. And it's, it's valid enough. Like, is the sun but a ball of fiery gas in the void of space? No, it's more than that. But they're getting strange with it. But you can tell that it's fire. It is a ball of fire. This is no secret. Our people have known it for a very, very, very long time. Because all the evidence with the naked eye, with the sensation on our skin, is that it is fire. Very, very powerful fire. Very, very powerful fire. Why do we not get burnt up by it? I don't know. Let us discuss. If, if we was like 3,000 years ago. I don't know. Let us discuss. Why does that fire not burn us? Why is it? Let's discuss this. We, we don't know. But it is important. It is more than just a ball of fiery gas. The moon is more than just a rock floating in the night sky. Well, and to quote C.S. Lewis, one of the most blatant folk Christians, if ever there was a folk Christian. In our world, said Eustace, a star is a huge ball of flaming gas. Even in your world, my son, that is not what a star is, but only what it is made of. Yes. And C.S. Lewis honestly fascinates me because he actually is on record as having an ecstatic experience over Balder of all things. And yet somehow, some way, through interaction with Tolkien and some of these other Christians... The more belligerent. Yeah, the more belligerent. He became a Christian despite even his understanding of Christianity often verging on a pagan concept. It's much well, like he himself said they wanted to make our people more pagan again. Yes. 
but he still wanted us to be Christian because this is where the other thing comes in. The idea people have of God, it, it varies drastically. And one of the most notable examples is effectively, I forget who said it, it might have been Meister Eckhart or whatever, but there was various mystics and apologists and stuff like that from the Middle Ages. And the way they more or less described God was you could drown in him. And that the worst thing that could happen would be to be cut off from him forever. And what they're describing in this is the river of life. It's a pagan concept. It basically just means the stuff stuff is made from. Yeah. So what, they're, what they've done is they've personified this thing that had never really been personified before. And it's odd because we'll actually personify things like chaos Chaos, as most people think of it, is close to evil. That's how most people think of it. Chaos is just potential. It's unrealized potential. That's what chaos the god is in, I think it's Greek paganism? Yeah. Well, and you can think of chaos, too, as infinity. Because within infinity, all things are possible and nothing is possible at exactly the same time. This is chaos. It is all the potential. And it may or may not happen. It's guaranteed to happen because what might happen will happen in infinity, but is also guaranteed to not happen because nothing will happen. These two concepts are not diametrically opposed as they seem. No, and what's that uh, description in, um, it's actually in Game of Thrones. Oh, well, I was going to roll with 40K. Oh. The, uh, the chaos realm? Oh, yeah, the chaos realm is basically like, oh, oh attempt to explain a realm of gods kind of and it's actually even in 40k uh the chaos realm is corrupted it wasn't always the way it is now mm -hmm. something happened to it i forget i'm not well up right. on that lore. but basically once something happens there it's always happened but it's also never happened oh yeah well and the thing with chaos is the chaos of war the chaos of this the chaos of that is it's the potential you don't know what's going to happen there are so many options there's so many outcomes you don't know quite sure what's going to happen. That's why that one quote from Game of Thrones, chaos is a ladder. If you know how to use chaos, it can actually be a positive. Mm -hmm. And the reality is the good and evil comparison to chaos is incredibly flawed because good and evil is a kind of order. Yeah. Evil itself, by, by the concept of folk Christians, does not view chaos as a positive. The status quo, the, the order of good and evil. Because right now, for better or worse, our people, we live in Christendom. We are currently in occupied territory. Uh, even the, our leaders often view themselves as Christian. This is part of what, how a lot of them can rationalize their actions mm -hmm. is Christianity. Because they're in a position of power, they are blessed by God regardless. Right. They are good. Therefore, anything that they do is good. And even if it's bad. Even if they do this thing that they know is bad or evil, as they would call it, it is still good because they are blessed by God. Therefore, anything that they do, selling you out, selling, selling people, taking bribes, murdering people, all of this is good because it preserves the order. The order is dictated by God. Therefore, they are good. All this stuff is good. And at the absolute worst, they just got to go ask forgiveness because this is what God is. God is the benevolent, all-being thingamabob that will forgive them any transgressions. Why? Because it's good. It's benevolent. It's loving. It's all loving. Well, and So even of the naughty child who did the thing that was very naughty, he did it for a good reason, which was my reason. Therefore, and you see how that creates this weird logic loop. Yes, it's a trap. It's a mental and trap. And this is what they cling to. Yes. Well, it's because... Not just the leaders. I mean, all Christians cling to this. Yes, because that is the crux of it. They worship goodness. Therefore, they are good. So if they aren't worshiping goodness, then they're bad. It, it, it's, it's a trap. It's a binary trap. It's why Christianity... Well, and that's why some of the, the giant air quotes, best Christians are some of the worst people. Yes, and why some of the best people are the worst Christians. Mm -hmm. And it's also why the thing that most keeps us trapped, it's like the, the myth of Fenrir. He is bound by ideas. So are our people. This is what Christendom brings. It is, we are bound 
by the concept of good and evil. We are bound by the easy answer. Right. We are bound by excuses. One of the most potent tools that I've found is um, not you are good because you're a Christian. You are good despite being Christian. Yes. And, th- and to watch what goes on behind their eyes, it's like watching an NPC shut down, like watching the Android shut down for a second as it tries to make sense of this. And it reboots. Yeah, and then typically it'll reboot right back into the previous program of, yes, Christian, good, I am Christian, therefore I'm good. Well, and this is where the actual, what I would describe as the more effective, more capable, and honestly more honest and personable method of dealing with Christians. Because honestly, I don't view it as a valid thing to try to convert people. Mm-hmm. It never works. Nope. All you end up with is really Christian-minded pagans. Oh, they'll, di- they'll dig their heels in. Well, and even if they become pagan, they just change a bunch of the words well, yeah. and say the uh, same uh, stuff. Even if they become pagan, then basically they grab a hold of more Christian aspects, bury themselves up to their knees so that they become immovable. Yep, that's how you get the plastic pagans, the pop pagans, mm-hmm. the Protestant pagans. But what the most effective method I've seen, and I've dealt with them, and if nothing else, it gets them to back off. Empathy and indifference. Mm -hmm. And this sounds ridiculous because our empathy has been weaponized against us to a ludicrous degree. But it's also one of our greatest strengths if we know how to control it. Understanding what Christians actually believe the religion is and understanding that attacking it just plays into that fantasy. Well, how about this? And women could probably pull this off better than a man. Because Christians will do this and they'll actually start weeping. I weep for your soul that you come to Christ and so on and so forth. Start weeping for them. And basically for the same thing. I'm weeping for your soul that you leave Christ who will consume you. Body, soul, everything. Everything about you will be consumed and that you come back to your ancestors. Use the same thing against them. Because I've had very similar discussions with people and i i've even done the whole so you think i'm evil no matter what it is i do because i'm not christian but if i were christian i could do anything and still be good yes it's a verbal trap and they 99 percent of the time will step directly into it and say yes well and however i've noticed that when when i discuss their soul and, and you can never be confrontational if you want to make an actual impact, you cannot be confrontational. Well, because you, you fit into the role of the devil-worshipping heathens coming from the north Tempting to slaughter them. women and children. Well, yeah, and to tempt them away from their Christ Almighty Lord thing. To tempt them away from goodness. Yeah. And that that's what it is that you're representing. That's why they dig in. That's why they begin lashing out. You cannot logic with these people. The best thing that you can do is, I feel empathy for you. No, I don't care about your God. No. And, and really, that, that's all that you can do. And then become the thing, be the thing that they want to be a part of. Invite them to go fishing. Well, and then this is where the other thing comes in. The empathy is understanding people. Mm-hmm. It's one of our actually greatest attributes, but it requires control. It requires discipline because if not, it runs amok. Right. Um, the other thing is the indifference. This is the other thing, and it sounds like these two things are contradictory, but this is what I mean by indifference. One of the things pagans have that is very different from Christians is we do not deny that the Christian God exists. We deny what his followers say about him. Yeah. The Christian God, Jesus, Yahweh, does not have a monopoly on rightness, on goodness, on virtue and nobility, on the best elements of people and existence it doesn't well and when they try pulling out their book to to beat on you say well i have books that say things too yes or i've shut people down because they'll be because i I was talking to someone i was like i don't really get the big deal with jesus because i was talking to someone who was christian and this other guy that was christian walks over he's like well he's the son of god and i just without even thinking of it said so is heracles and kept talking and the guy walked away disgruntled yeah well because what what can he say it's true well, it's, it's like that old joke. Mary walks into Greece. I am pregnant with the Son of God. Woman in Greece. Yeah, me too. Well, and 
Christians will also say this other thing. It is one of the most heathen things I've ever heard them all say. We are all children of God. Yes, but which ones? Ones, yeah. multiple, plural. Well, that's the we, thing. According to the Hyperborean, any of the Hyperborean tribes, their ethnic ways, we are all descended of the gods. So, yeah. Well, and you can tell we're still stuck in this order of Christendom. Mm-hmm. Because everybody that tries, a lot of people that try to escape from the Christian mindset, the modern mindset, the corruption, will recreate the corruption using different words. Mm -hmm. They'll use terms like sky father or all father. They'll cast a God or a people as the new Satan. They get the one speaker to set up in front of everybody and tell them what to think. They create temples like there's, there's an Ostitu temple in Iceland. It's declining. It's, I think, the oldest or at least the largest. I'm not sure. Yeah, there's, there's conflicting things. I don't know which one it is. It's either the oldest, the largest, or the only. But effectively what's happening with it is it's falling apart. And the reality is the Icelandic folklore doesn't agree with the, the Eddas. Now, I don't know if the Asatru temple, because I'm typically critical of Asatru, but I deal mostly with, honestly, non-Icelandic Asatru. So. Right. In Iceland, they might be using their actual local folklore. I don't know. I haven't spoken to them very often. They're, but, they're remarkably hard to reach. Yes. But Surtur, Gryla, Thor, it's much like some of the countries are actually realizing that Christianity is a ball and chain around their mm-hmm. neck. It's cement shoes. They are, and they're trying slowly to get out of it, like Sweden. Yes. Like, it's not a major thing yet. It's only been political whispers thus far. But they seem to be actively trying to get away from it and tell their people to go back to God, to their gods, to, to their, their gods, traditions. Not the, not the Edic gods. No, in fact, they're critical because, of the Eddas. Yes, they're critical of the Eddas. But they're seeing these Abrahamists. Or at least the these, politician that I was reading the interview with. These universalists, all these things. They are seeing the their... Priceless heirlooms and ancient artifacts being melted down. Destruction of runestones. Destruction of culture and customs. They're screaming about how awful a lot of the migrants are. Mm -hmm. And some people are starting to have not just a movement back to the old gods, but specifically to the Scandinavian gods. Mm -hmm. And despite what a lot of people think, the big six, well, mostly they're giant worshippers. The trolls, the Tomte, the Jotun. But they also have what is called the Vanir, but I'm almost convinced Vanir right, is a which later Which is term. what that, um, the Swedish politician pointed out, is that traditionally they did not venerate the Aesir. They venerated the Vanir and the, the Jotun, the giants. Well, and Thor was more of a Jotun mm-hmm. during that time period, and he was also more of a hero than a god. He was still a god. Like, the Heracles comparison is apt. It's just, he's not Heracles. But... Thor was one of them, one of the big six. And then the other five, I believe, were Uller, Scotty, Freyr, Freya, and Njor. Mm-hmm. And those are the big six for that area, at least from place names. There's probably more to do with it. Like, you could probably argue that Emir was probably big if they were Yoke. Right, workers. I mean, you, you can find something on all of them if you look hard enough. But there is an active pushback against Christendom. But the, the issue comes... The crux of Christendom is the idea of Christendom, not the actual religion. The actual religion is the political mechanism that controls it. But what actually keeps people in it is the idea that they are part of goodness. Yes. We are good. We are just. We are right. And you you can't. Trying to take that away from somebody, all it does is cause them to dig in their heels and the, not even like course correct like they don't even think about it because they're they're not thinking logically they're thinking emotionally well people are emotional creatures we use logic to augment our emotions mm-hmm. we we talked about it in the women podcast women are actually logical more logical really than men yes but that very la- but that very extra logic is part of why from men's perspective they're irrational yeah it's more pronounced now, much like because we're so out of balance. Because that same binary, we didn't used to do binaries. We had, that's what the triketra is, the three balance points. Well, uh, I'm going to yank this back to uh, Christianity hardcore for a moment. 
you got the right right wing Christians and the left wing Christians, and they both call each other uh, false churches. You can it doesn't matter to me which side you agree with, but let's both sides are like I am good, therefore I'm Christian, or I am Christian, therefore I'm good. All of my beliefs, everything that I back is good. It is God's will. Because I'm good, because I'm Christian. This is the way that they think. You have one side that's all diving straight into the, the homosexuality. The other side is like, no, that is anti-God and, and whatnot. Um, one side is pro-abortion. The other side is anti-abortion. Neither side is waking up saying, you know what? I'm wrong and I'm a bad person and all these ideologies are bad. And no, they aren't doing that. They're saying, but God is on my side. Well, you see all the lefties, most of those aren't Christian because if you say that you're Christian, then they immediately attack Christianity. They immediately attack you. This is true. But here, here's the thing. They believe in God. They believe in a savior. What they don't believe in is the structural foundation of the church they're like all the churches are corrupt and they don't know what good is they've strayed from the word of god if you corner these people that's what they will talk about every one of them that i've encountered believes in the completely insane ones even the ones that's like i don't i'm an atheist no they're not the christians no, no. are right when they say in the foxhole there's no such thing as an atheist they believe in something. What they don't believe in is the, the foundational structure, the, the governmental structure of the church. Well, and then here's the thing is which one is right? Whoever wins. Yes. Because the, the rationale of Christianity is God is good. Therefore, he will back the winner. It's why God told me to lead the French to victory. God told me to lead the English to victory. You know, like right. the story. And then the Germans won. Yeah. Well, it's like Joan of Arc. Uh one of the most well-known beloved saints. She was a folk deity and a fairy worshiper, and she thought she was a Christian because she was a good person. Mm -hmm. and, and this is part of the issue with where a lot of these things end up going. Because if you believe that everything you do is good simply because you call yourself good, you can do some of the most heinous, horrible, and damaging things and not bad an eye. Well, and this is this is how I basically verified that this is the crux of it all. Is because I've nearly won some people over where they're like, "Holy crap. This is what you're talking about is absolutely amazing and it's eye-opening." And then I mentioned absolution does not exist. You can't and, buy it, and you can't ask faith, for it. Yeah. As soon as you ask for it, you you, you don't actually get it. Um, it's like charity. As soon as you give something or do something charitable for the sake of doing charity, you are no longer charitable. It's it's a paradox. It is the it's just the way that it is. You beg forgiveness. If you're given forgiveness, were you really? The answer is no. Well, and so there is no absolution. And anything that you did wrong, anything that you did uh, that was ignoble or cruel remains done it does not become undone or okay that it was done simply because you asked absolution it, it we're guild is as close as you can come and sometimes all all that we're guild can be is being the absolute best most noble person that you can you be you can spend your whole life trying to make up for something and never really make it up like yeah. uh, to use warhammer again i think it's a fantasy one but there's a specific kind of dwarf and basically what they are is they committed some kind of crime or whatever i forget oh the troll hunters but basically they or troll slayers whatever it is they pledge themselves to basically fight on this side or on the side of good or whatever to try and make up for their crime for the rest of their life. Yeah. They, and they, they know they'll never make up for it, but that's why their whole life is about this, the yes. rest of it. And the thing is, this is also how Christianity made money because it's indulgences, it's sin eaters, it's all these things. Christianity is in the business of forgiveness. Yeah. It's why you have the oh, born-again Christians. Oh, you as a Christians. wretched wreck of a person who is cruel and vile 
I forgive you. Yes. Ten ninety nine. Yes. Or um, the idea of there's a, a kind of Christian cult in the U.S. where it's all about money. So the people mock these pre- these preachers or whatever for having these lavish lifestyles based on the money that's just fed them by the parishioners. But the way that version of Christianity works, the very fact that they're so successful means is, that they was blessed by God. Yes. And their parishioners want to prove that their their preacher is blessed by God. Right. And, and therefore he's that right. Will, and hope that by blessing the blessed, they too will be blessed. Yeah. It, it's very predatory. Yes. Well, it's. It's part of Christianity's sales pitch. Well, and the thing is, is really, yes, everybody fucks up. I've done some things like when I was a child, I did some things. I'm not going to go into details, but it, they were cruel. I was a child. I learned from those things. Never did those things again. Well, innocence does not mean good. This is actually one of the mistakes people make when they talk about the innocence of like baby Jesus, you know, well, children, small children are innocent, but quite often they're liars, thieves, and they're cruel. Oh, yeah. Like what little, a lot, most little kids, they'll do the thing where they'll drown a spider. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they want to know if they can. Yeah. It, it's, it's cruel. It's pointlessly cruel. And at some point, one of two things happens. You either turn into someone that likes to burn cats alive or you realize, I don't like hurting things. Yeah. And, and that's absolution isn't something that's required it's not even actually a real thing well everybody fucks up as kids yes but this is what the what they're relying on i am on the side of good therefore i am good therefore everything i do is good and if it's not good it can be forgiven well and because i was trying to do good well and then we we've been highly critical of it so let's go back to what people perceive it is because we, we've harped on the goodness and the forgiveness and how this is used to manipulate people. But then let's remember what people think of when they think of Christianity. They don't think of how a lot of the crusaders were mercenaries that actually ransacked the Pope. They think about these noble warriors fighting in the name of goodness to save the people of the Holy Land. Right. When they think of the village preacher or the village priest, they don't think of a corrupt individual. They think of a holy man, wise in the ways of science right. and literature they, and philosophy. They think, uh, the guy's name again, uh, Jesus Christ represents... Ver- Versingatorix, Versing- as one example, or right. the bear or, king. Or the bear king when he, um, when he resurrects in his tomb. Well, that, that's, this is these traditional stories. The bear king waking up from under the mountain to save the people and lead them uh, to, f- to freedom, to set things right again. That's the story of the bear king. Well, isn't that also the story of Oily Josh or well, actually, of Jesus Christ? I'm well, going to try not to be slanderous. These are the things that they're grabbing a hold of is it's actually the pagan ideas that they've put the names and ideas of Christianity on top of. Well, it's like nobody like none of our people like the biblically accurate angels. They like the ones that look like Fay or Jedi. Yeah. And the idea that people turn into demons or they turn into angels when they die. This is based on apotheosis as ancestors coming back as ghosts and spirits and the meadow of the ancestors. That's what people think of as heaven. Oh, yeah. Their, Their ideas are actually heathen. It's our ethnic faith. That's what their ideas are. But they have the Christian names on top. And then this this idea, this veneration of goodness, which is a very vague idea. Well, it's a lot like in fiction. If you explore the Christian concept long enough, you end up coming back to ethnic faith in some fashion Mm -hmm. like uh the good place it ends up going back essentially to the river of life and yeah uh, uh, you can uh if you wasn't the best of persons then you can um you can go through this trial where you become a better person and then you go can go to heaven or the meadow of the ancestors now when you get tired of that because eventually you will you return to the river of life. Yes, we have re, re, uh, reincarnation cycles to keep it from getting that boring that quickly. But 
And then you also have things like Supernatural. I know a lot of people will mock the hell out of that show rightly, but by the end, it's reinvented some elements of ethnic faith. Mm -hmm. uh, God has been defeated by Jack, which is a European word for spirit, who doesn't expect to be venerated and just lives in all things. Hell is now just an underworld ruled by a queen, and heaven is now the meadow of the ancestors again. So we're constantly returning to mean or the show lucifer or piers anthony's incarnations of immortality series it gets more ethnic faith as you go along he starts right. out with a universalist christian concept and goes more and more pagan as he goes along well and the general con concept of christians is we are a great people because we're christian where anybody that's actually examined it knows we are a great people despite christianity but what about the cathedrals? Yes, let us examine the great cathedrals in Africa. The ones built by Africans specifically. Because yeah. yeah. there, there are skyscrapers well, there. But Well, I was going to just cathedrals. There really aren't any. And, and yeah, look, because there's a lot of African, like tribal African Christians. What great things have they done due to Christianity? They don't. Well, let's look at Asia. There's a lot of Asian Christians. Let's look at their great temples since since they like to use the cathedrals. Which ones would we consider great that's in Asia that is a Christian temple? They're either very, very Asian, and you can't tell them apart from the Shinto ones, or they're built by white people and look just like the ones in Europe. Well, and that brings me to the other thing, which is it's us. Yes. Look at what we built before Christianity. This is also why the idea of morality is so like you can't deny that the Greeks and Romans had some semblance of morality, which is why Christians often will incorporate the philosophers and scholars that they agree with. Well, they'll, they'll take things that the Romans and Greeks themselves said were monstrous and, and disgusting that was written into being legal. But the people themselves were like, no, this is this is bad. Well, it's like the but but they'll use those exceptions, those laws as examples of how bad they were before Christianity. No, no, that's just the corruption of people being in charge well, and then you for have generations. Dante's Inferno, which is where a lot of people get their ideas of hell, is very clearly largely based off of Greek And mythology. it's a heretical writing. A, all of it is. All, his entire divine comedy. And then you have figures, but they'll include Aristotle, they'll include Marcus Aurelius, and they'll talk about it as if these were Christian figures or Plato, or any of these other things, and talk about how they were basically proto-Christians. Or, well, the people in the North, they have to be just uneducated barbarians because the churches never really incorporate... They're trying, though. They're actively trying to incorporate Beowulf. They're trying to take the older pagan myths, much like what they did with Celtic Christianity, mm -hmm. where they actively converted the gods. Like, some versions of St. Bridget are... Someone unrelated to Bridget. Yes. Other versions. Well, and are, they intentionally muddy that shit up. And then there's also versions where the Christian church argues that Bridget converted to Christianity, becoming St. Bridget. Yeah. And then there are the folk stories of the saints versus the official hagiographies. It is sowing confusion. That's Constantly. all that they do is they sow confusion. It's the same thing as now, where they don't bother hiding the info. What they do is deluge you with so much that it's impossible to parse the truth out if you aren't looking carefully. Right. Well, um, we, we've hit the end. So I hope this helped um, and, and let you understand that the reason why you aren't making ground in your logical discussions with Christians is because they aren't using a logical argument. They're, what they're hearing is you're saying Christians bad. When... Which is the same as calling them bad, their family bad, so on and so forth. This is n this is not the way. Um, we have to make different arguments. We have to understand where they're coming from. They think that they are just soldiers of good. And don't play by their rules. Yeah, don't play don't, by their rules. Don't fall into their narrative. You don't have to play by their narrative. You don't have to be a character. In their version of the story mm -hmm. of the world, of the story of our people. Well, and, and they intentionally set traps. They've been trained to argue against atheists. We aren't atheists. No, and that's 
part of what really messes them up. I believe in your God. I just believe he's a liar. I have my own gods. Yeah. Well, Our preferably gods. either him or his holy men. You make the choice. Yep. In either case, same result, more or less. Yeah. And I just want to finish up by saying a lot of people will point to, well, look at all the flood myths or look at all these myths. Why are all these things in common? As Christianity, as our people moved and met other people, before we wrote down their myths or before they wrote down their myths, what we often did was we, we then told them our myths or what we perceived as our myths, the Christian ones. So there's actually a tale I want to finish with, which is there's this man who went and talked to the Ainu, and he was talking to this chieftain in exchange for giving him beer and buying him drinks, basically. He would tell him stories, and the man tells him a story of the Ainu flood myth. How the, there was a great flood and the Ainu had to flee into the high mountains. And the man asked, is that a traditional Ainu story? And the man said, yes. And he asked, well, who first told you to, told you it? And he said, oh, well, the first, uh, the white man who told it to me. Yeah. He was told a flood myth by the Christians. And then he discovered that if he repeated this story, all the other Europeans that came after loved this story because... It tied into their preconception. And this is really, really common. What you are presented with is not the actual ethnic faith. Just like there is Etic Odin, an actual Othan, there, and there's Olympian Zeus, an actual Zeus, there is the actual Eastern philosophies and indigenous American faiths, and then there is what you're presented through the prism of Christendom.